Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Jared Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today we're going to have a review of the round one of footy in the NRL. We're going to dive in and have a look at our Player of the Week analysis. Then we're going to look at the team that impressed us the most and the team that disappointed us the most. We're also going to go through each game and just have a look at the scores, any updates and any thoughts we had on the games and you know anything we see going forward for teams where they can improve, what they can do better, all those sorts of things. So strap in and enjoy it. Let's kick it off. It's got the heart. As voted by you guys, the Rugby League Guru's greatest knock of round one goes to Penrith Panthers hooker, Appy Curacao. An unbelievable performance by Appy. Um, you know, he played 80 minutes. He made 59 tackles at a tackle efficiency of 96%. Just an incredible performance from Appy coming back in his first game for Penrith, uh, playing against the defending premiers. Just so much pressure on that team to try and perform well. They've underperformed the last few years and they really had to get off on the right foot. Um, and, you know, they defended really well. Roosters scored two tries off kicks. So if teams are resorting to scoring off kicks, you're doing a good job in your defense. It's very unlucky that they let those two tries in. So they, you know, they had some adversity that they had to overcome. They had to come back in that game and they did it mainly off the back of Api Curacao. He had 10 runs for 110 metres. 86 of those metres were from dummy half. So through the middle, he really punched a heap of holes. He broke six tackles around the ruck as well. So he really created a lot of havoc and started to create the opportunities for Penrith to go through the middle of them before spreading wide to score a few of their tries. Um, you can already see the fantastic effect that Appy's having on Nathan Cleary, his halfback. You know, Nathan Cleary's been waiting a few years now for a, for a hooker like Appy to arrive, and straight away you can see the effect it's had on him. He's playing positive footy, he's running the ball, he's taking on the line. That try assist that he had to Viliami kick out at the end of the game, like, I 
a lot of that confidence comes from the platform that Appy's setting for him, the way that he's laying the platform for all the forwards to then get Cleary early and clean ball. There's no screwing around in the play of the ball like they've had the last few years. It's straight to Cleary when he needs it on his chest, ready for him to take on the line. There must be plenty of Bulldogs fans who are sitting at home watching that game just ruining the opportunity that, that they've lost. Abby Curacao was announced to be signing there by Fox Sports. It seemed to be all a done deal until Ivan Cleary persuaded him to come back to Penrith at the 11th hour. Just imagine if he was playing in that Canterbury side right now. If he was playing for the Bulldogs against Parramatta, dare I say they probably win that game of footy. Appy just absolutely brained him round one. It's a huge loss for Canterbury, but a massive game for Penrith as a club and a huge Huge gain for the Cleary family in general, for Nathan and for Ivan. He's going to make a huge difference this year. And it looks to me that Penrith are the real deal with Appy. After watching Penrith in round one, dare I say, I don't think this will be Appy's last appearance in our uh, Great Knock segment. Uh, it looks like a big season for him, and I can't wait to watch it unfold. He kicks again. He'll get there. He's Also now, our most impressive team of round one. Now, there was a lot of candidates here. Uh, We've already spoken about Penrith. They obviously impressed us a lot. Um, The Tigers, Raiders, Manly, we also thought were great. A lot of teams that went really well, but the one that stood out for us, and, you know, probably won't be a popular opinion, but once again, the Melbourne Storm. Going to Brookvale in round one is an extremely tough gig. That's, That's no fun for anyone, especially on a wet, rainy day where it's going to be centre third footy, taking on the big manly pack in Adam Fenua Blake, Marty Tapao, Jake Trevojevic. It's just no fun for anyone. And the way that Melbourne played was incredible. First of all, they kept manly scoreless at Brookvale. Almost unheard of. To defend the way they did was simply amazing. Uh, They just shut down Tom Trevojevic so well. They just did a number on all their real star players. One thing I will say, Manly's defence was amazing as well. You can see the effect that Ryan Pappenhausen's going to have this year. The amount of trick shots and set plays they've got to put Ryan Pappenhausen into the game is going to blow teams away this year. They're just very unlucky they came up against Manly in round one. I honestly believe if they were playing any other team other than Manly and probably the Roosters, Pappenhausen probably scores two tries on Sunday. They just put themselves in position, put him into holes, and Manly just kept showing up in defence. It's going to be a huge season for Pappy. The thing that impressed me most about Melbourne was that these trick shots and their their set plays they had set up, they weren't going through Manly. So they had to change their game. They had to adapt, which is what Craig Bellamy is the absolute master of. It's funny with teams when they come out in the second half and you see them change their game. That's a sign of fantastic coaching. And Melbourne did that. They scored three tries in the second half off kicks. So they had to go off script a little bit, which has been something that Melbourne have struggled with over the last 10 or 15 years. But through Jerome Hughes' right foot and through Cameron Smith's short kicking game, they managed to put points on the board. They adapted to what was in front of them, and that's what impressed me the most about the Melbourne Storm. It's no shock their coach was able to do this. Unfortunately, while the Melbourne Storm have impressed me, one team that was a major disappointment for me this weekend was the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, The Dragons were playing at home this week against the Tigers. The Tigers lost their halfback, looks the day before the game. So there was already chaos in the Tigers' camp. Um, The Dragons managed to score in the first minute, scoring an amazing try that... You know, you'll probably never see again that sort of a try. So they had an advantage there from the very start. The other try they managed to score was, of course, of an absolute gift from Tigers fullback Thompson when he dropped the ball 10 metres out from the line. Zach Lomax picked it up and put it under the sticks. So that was 12 additional points that the Dragons got against a Luke Brookless Tigers in round one at home. 
and they still managed to lose that game. Um, I know there was a lot of opportunities that they blew, but you just can't afford to do that in the NRL. You cannot afford to do it in a round one game at your home ground to kick off your season. It's just not on. There's going to be more and more pressure on Mary McGregor. Personally, I think his days are numbered regardless with Shane Flanagan inside the uh, team building now. I think it's a matter of time till he's allowed to coach, till he takes over. But, geez, McGregor did himself no favours there. They just had no answer to what the Tigers were throwing at them, and they had a lot for their way. It could be a long season for the St. George Illawarra Dragons unless they turn it around this week. Moses. Rubber kicks there for Nathan Brown. It's come up. Thursday night kicked off the NRL season. We saw the Parramatta Eels take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Parramatta came away with the Chocolates, winning 8-2. Some standout performances for me came from Reid Marnie, 44 tackles and a try. Ryan Madison, 39 tackles and 103 metres in an 80-minute stint. Uh, Clint Gutherson, Blake Ferguson, both ran for over 150 metres. On the Canterbury side of the ball, Jeremy Marshall King, 80 minutes, 40 tackles. Big future for this kid, younger brother of Benji Marshall. I'm um, hoping to see him improve a lot this season. Dallin Wittenis Lesniak, 17 hit-ups for 200 metres, as always. Very involved and very strong. One of the most consistent players in the Canterbury lineup. One thing I'd like to see from this side, uh, Brandon Wakeham, the 5'8". I'd like to see him get a lot more ball and a bit more involved next week and in the upcoming weeks. A lot of pressure fell on Lachlan Lewis this week. And I think if Wakeham can step up, take some heat off him, could see some big improvements to the Canterbury side. Uh, looking at Parramatta, you know, they defended incredibly well. They only allowed two points. So to play your first game and not let in a single try, even though it's against Canterbury, who aren't the best attacking side in the NRL, still a great effort, great way for both teams to start their season. Canterbury's defence as well, you know. They only allowed one try, and it was off a kick that rebounded and landed under the sticks. So defensively, really strong game. Probably not the most exciting game to kick off the season, but both teams would be very happy with their defensive efforts to kick off 2020. Storming right upfield for Peter. He gets to Holmes. He leaves it behind. Friday night, footy kicked off with two games. The Canberra Raiders played the Gold Coast Titans down in the nation's capital. And the Brisbane Broncos took on the North Queensland Cowboys, who are opening their new stadium up there in Townsville. We'll start off with the Canberra game first. The Raiders won 24-6 over the Titans. The Raiders led 18-0 at halftime, which meant that in the second half, it was 6 all, which, you know, a bit of a uh, silver lining for the Titans, and I'm sure Ricky Stewart would be filthy on the way that his team finished. Big performers for me were Josh Hodgson, Emre Gould. They both looked good. Jack Whiten had one of the greatest first halves I think I've ever seen from any footballer. Scored two tries, kicked a 40-20 and just looked lethal in everything he was doing. The one that impressed me the most, though, was George Williams. Uh, He played predominantly on the right side and sort of took a backward seat to what Josh Hodgson was doing. But his kicking game and his ability to think fast and play slow, it really troubled the Titans. And I'm looking forward to um, to a big season from him. I think he could be a real great signing for the Raiders and something special could be building down there. For the Titans, I love the look of their fullback, Philip Sammy. Uh, 19 runs, 230 metres, 10 tackle breaks, one line break assist, three offloads. He was just in everything. And, you know, every time he touched the ball, the Titans looked dangerous. Uh, he could be a real smoky for a Queensland jersey this year. Keep your eyes on him. Uh, other Titans performed well. Peachy, Watkins, Lasoni, Brian Kelly, when he came on, I'll be shocked if he's not starting within the next few weeks. Pretty disappointing night for the Titans, considering it was the opening of their season. They've been preparing that for six months. They came up with one try and allowed 18 points in the first half. So they'll be pretty disappointed with that. Interesting to see how they bounce back. 
Later that night, we moved up to Townsville to watch the North Queensland Cowboys open up their new stadium against the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Brisbane came home with a 28-21 victory. Uh, the Broncos were definitely the better team, I thought, but once again, like last season so often, they needed either Payne Haas or David Fafita to just open the game up with an individual try, and David Fafita provided that at about the 65th minute, um, a try that... You know, you, you heard the commentary earlier and it was just an amazing piece of footy. He got the ball about 60 metres out, broke through the line, BD Sun Masters, took on Val Holmes, put a right foot on him and scored under the sticks. It's um, it's another one of those plays that only David Fafita can score. I don't know if I've seen another player to ever play in the NRL that could have scored that try. Scary to think the kid's only 19 or 20. His future is just massive he's one that could be anything in the national rugby league let's look at some other players from brisbane ones that impress me isako jake turpin very impressive in their opening games for the season hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Brody Croft as well. Um, I'm not the biggest Brody Croft fan, but I thought he looked fantastic on the weekend. I think he's going to really make a big difference to the Brisbane Broncos, uh, much more than I ever expected. Payne Haas, you know. Another stint, 80 minutes, 213 metres, seven tackle breaks, 33 tackles. It's one of those games where, to be honest with you, when you're watching it, felt like he had a bit of a quiet game, and that's sort of what we're getting used to with Payne Haas. He is just a freak of nature. Another Bronco that really impressed me was Paddy Carrigan. He started at lock. Uh, him and Brody Croft were the captains that night without Alex Glenn playing, and I'm willing to say it now, uh, Pat Carrigan's going to play Origin 2020. You can just see some guys look like Origin players, and Pat Carrigan is a classic example. The last guy that really impressed me for the Broncos was their right winger, Jesse Arthurs. Uh, he's definitely one to watch. 147 metres, six tackle breaks, came up from the Gold Coast. Uh, he was one of our players. We said on our Instagram page that he's one of the most underrated players in the comp and he's one to really keep an eye on his combinations with Katoni Staggs on the right edge is going to be something special in 2020 for the Cowboys as per usual Jason Tamalolo looked fantastic played 73 minutes 183 meters and 69 post-contact meters when he's on the field the Cowboys are rolling. He is so important to this footy side. He is starting to become like as important as what Johns was to Newcastle. They just have no go forward without him, and he is absolutely crucial. Uh, tonight was the return of Val Holmes. Uh, Val, you know, if you watch the highlights, it looks like he's a superstar, and he's already back into the groove of the NRL. In my opinion, he's far from it. If you watch the whole game, you could see that he was a little bit out of sorts. He, uh, he dropped a bomb, which, you know, unfortunately for Val, that's always been part of his game. People forget that, but it has always been a big part of his game under the high ball he has struggled I think Val's going to come good over the next few weeks but like Latrell and like a lot of other footballers you just need to be patient with Val by the time he gets to Queensland origin I think he's going to be firing and really fit I think you're going to see something special from him. And I think he's starting to bring out the best in Michael Morgan. You can see Michael Morgan's got that little bounce in his step again. I'm not sure if he's back to the 2017 Michael Morgan we enjoyed watching, but he's certainly on his way there. So good signs for the Cowboys in their opening game. Hands, Mansour, four cover defenders. Mansour, what a kick, what a bounce, what a try. Crichton is on and has scored with his first touch. 
Saturday afternoon, footy kicked off in Newcastle with the Knights taking on the Warriors. The Knights came home with a 20-0 victory over the Warriors. Um, you know, the Knights, obviously, with a new coach, you'd be very happy with their defense. Uh, it was very strong. You know, it was a pretty wet game there, and it didn't really suit the Knights, but that was an obstacle they had to overcome. Guys that impressed me from the Knights was the usual suspects. Um, David Clemmer had a big game. Caelan Ponga was very strong. Uh, he really... You know, he, he was leading the front for the Knights as per usual. Uh, Kurt Mann had a bit of a mixed bag, did some fantastic things, but then just did some other things that you just scratch your head and wonder what's going on there with Kurt Mann sometimes. So much potential, but it really is just a mixed bag every time he takes the field. Uh, Mitch Barnett, extremely strong as always. You'd have to think he'll be pushing for an Origin jersey over the next few years. Uh, one change I would make, I'd be moving Shibasaki to the to the left-hand side. He played over on the right, and as you know, with the Knights, you know, they don't tend to send much ball to the right. It mostly goes to the left side. That's Ponga's stronger side. I think he played an extremely good game, and he's improved a lot this offseason. I'd be moving him to the left side to utilise a big body like his on, on Caelan Ponga's strong side. As for the Warriors, um, you know, I won't say a heap. They obviously didn't score a point in a away game in Newcastle. It's a tough gig in the wet. Doesn't suit them in any way, shape, or form. Um, they've got enough on their plate without me sticking my foot into them and starting to bag them, so I'll leave that for now. One thing I will say is the young bloke that came off the bench, um, Katoa, he had 17 runs, 144 metres, four tackle breaks and two offloads. He looks like a real star of the future and one to keep your eye on. At least one silver lining for the Warriors to come out of all this crap they're going through at the moment. The Saturday 5.30 game was the Rabbitohs versus the Sharks. The Rabbitohs won this one 22-18 uh, with a pretty exciting finish where the Sharks could have evened up the game and had a shot at the goal uh, to win the game. But unfortunately, um, their left centre, well, not their left centre, Connor Tracy, who was their utility on the bench, who played left centre, came on and you know threw a forward pass in one of the last plays of the game that could have sealed the game for Cronulla. But these things happened. They had plenty of opportunities in the game before this. It wasn't on Tracy. They had plenty of chances to win it before this. And, you know... Could have won it before this if they kept the Rabbitohs to less than 22 points. Uh, players that stood out for me for the Rabbitohs, all the talk was around Liam Knight in the offseason. Junior Tatola has stepped up and absolutely blown it out of the park. Um, 31 tackles, 200 metres, 67 post-contact metres. He was fantastic the other night. Adam Reynolds, Liam Knight, Cam Murray all had cracking games for the Bunnies. Uh, two blokes that were a bit quiet. I was a little bit disappointed by Braden Burns and Damian Cook. Uh, I'll be expecting them to bounce back this weekend and finish with cracking seasons. For the Sharks, it won't come as any shock that their right-hand side looks to be the strong side for their 2020 season. Um, they've got Sean Johnson, Jesse Ramian, and Sione Katoa, who really kept them in that game. Uh, I think you'll start to see the left side get a little bit more prominent once Zeri returns. Uh, Zeri and Wade Graham have a combination that is matched by few in the NRL. So I think they'll start to even out a little bit. But I think that right side will be really strong. Uh, Jesse Raymond had a bit of a quiet game, but he was only, you know, one pass away from being involved on a number of occasions. So if you've got him in super coach, I'd be holding on to Jesse Raymond. I know I will be. Uh, other guys that really impressed me were Blake Braley, uh, Williams at lock, and Aaron Woods. Probably the best game I've seen Woods play in a couple of years. He looked really strong. Uh, good signs for the Sharks. You know, as I said, they're only one play away from evening up that game and possibly winning it. So um, good signs for them after having, you know, quite a bit of their squad changed over the off-season and with still a few more players to come back from injuries. So good signs for the Sharkies. The final game of Saturday took us to the foot of the mountains over at Penrith. Penrith won this game 20-14, to 14, even though the Roosters led 12-0 after 20 minutes. Should be noted, both of these Roosters tries were scored off kicks, so Penrith didn't let the Roosters run through their line once. They both came off kicks, which is a 
pretty damn impressive effort against the defending premiers. Uh, guys that impressed me for Penrith, I've already spoken about Appy and Cleary, but some other guys are Toho. He might be the hardest running winger in the game. His kick returns and his scoots are just phenomenal. Mansell looked back to his best. Isaiah Yo had a huge game. James Fisher-Harris played big minutes after being named on the bench originally. Um, he seemed to have a bit of a disrupted preseason, but put in an 80-minute stint that was just brilliant. Kickow had a bit of a mixed bag. If he's fit and firing, he will be amazing this year. But, geez, it's just scared me a little bit that Saturday night looked eerily similar to 2019 for Kickow, but we'll see how that unfolds. One last guy I want to mention, you've all seen the highlights have been coming on the field and you heard the commentary earlier in our podcast. If you've been following our Instagram page, you'll know that Christian Crichton is a guy that we've got huge wraps on. We think he's going to be the next Israel Folau in rugby league. His, his potential is endless. We wouldn't be shocked to see him named at fullback over the next few weeks for the Penrith Panthers until Dylan Edwards returns, and then we wouldn't be surprised to see him put serious pressure on someone like Dean Vare in that squad to take his spot. So keep an eye on that. As far as the Roosters go, you know, I don't think there's a heap to read into this game. You know, their first game in the NRL with Flanagan, uh, Crichton was out. You know, they're a little bit out of sorts and the Penrith Panthers really put it to them. And, you know, if history's taught us anything, it's that you don't look too far into the Roosters round one clashes. I think they've won two of their last seven and won a few comps in those years. So nothing to really stress about for the Roosters, in my opinion. Uh, some of their best players, I thought Orbison had a really strong game. Uh, Joey Manu had a strong game. And the two props, Jared Rio Hargraves and Takiyaho, they were, as per usual, fantastic up front. And we'll lay a platform that we'll see the Roosters win a lot of games ugly this year, in my opinion. He got there. Turning back the clock, Benji Marshall. There were two games played on Sunday afternoon, uh, the first of which was at Brookvale Oval. We've already spoken about before where Melbourne defeated Manly 18-4. A uh, really strong defensive game from both teams. As far as I'm concerned, both these teams are locks to be in the top six. More than likely the top four. I think they're both really impressive outfits. Uh, Melbourne got the chocolates this time, but you know this could go either way next time they play for sure. Um, for Manly, uh, Jake Trevojevic impressed me. You know, coming off surgery, he played 80 minutes and made 49 tackles, which is incredible. Um, Levi also impressed me on his club debut for Manly. I think he'll get plenty of points this year in Supercoach running off the back of that big pack. There's plenty of offloads there and plenty of opportunities for him. Uh, for the Storm, the one player I haven't mentioned which really impressed me, he could be back to his career best form, Jesse Bromwich. Played 62 minutes, had 21 runs, 184 metres, three offloads and 32 tackles. Very impressive from the Melbourne Storm front rower, Jesse Bromwich. The last game of the week was between the Tigers and the Dragons. Tigers won this one 24-14. Um, I've already spoken about the Dragons and how disappointed I was in their performance, so I won't go any further on that. But for the Tigers, their defence impressed me at times, but as expected, their edge defence is a serious problem. They need to get that sorted out, um, especially on that right edge, as we all predict. Um, in attack, it was fantastic, but in defence, they really need to strengthen that up. Against a better side than the Dragons, they probably would have got torn up down that edge. Um, some other players that really impressed me, Nofaluma, the Leilua brothers in attack were brilliant, Alex Twell, Billy Walters, McKaylee, he was really impressive when he came on, I've never had the biggest raps on him, but he looked really good when he came on, I was very impressed, and of course, the old dog, Benji Marshall, he was incredible, uh, laid on a few tries, I spoke about it on my Instagram page, there was one in particular where he got the ball off and offload, he was going down the right edge, and he just put in the perfect grubber to find, uh, David Nofaluma. He's sort of in that stage of his career now, Benji, where there's nothing he hasn't seen before. 
Benji's now able to play the game at his own pace. He controls the entire pace of the game. He did it on the weekend with his short kicking game. The Dragons with repeat sets and these short little kicks that led to tries. He was fantastic and he still showed in the try he scored. He's still got the legs that he's able to move and step through a defensive line. He was amazing to watch, and I can't wait to watch him for the rest of the season. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't take a backward step when Luke Brooks returns, but until Brooksy does return, wow, they're going to be really fun to watch, especially on that right edge. They are just points galore. It's made for Benji Marshall to be able to do his thing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and share with all your mates. We've got a few more podcasts dropping uh, this week, so stay tuned for those. Tomorrow, we'll be dropping our podcast with our good mate, Natty, to talk everything Supercoach from round one and have a look at round two and what sort of trades you need to make, where you'd be targeting in your draft comps. There's a lot to talk about, and we'll be ready to dive in tomorrow. So stay tuned. Um, thanks for tuning in again. Remember to always keep the corners, keep playing smart footy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 